the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website, lawndoctor.com, or call them 401-392-1025. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website. It's DePietro.com. Don't forget this portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center. They are open for the season. Stop it and see them. What a tremendous selection they have right now. Hanging impatient bags, 12-inch potted tomatoes. How about 10-inch geranium hangers? 12-inch geranium pots all assorted colors look for them on facebook they have a great facebook page it's steve and debbie and junior and byron pr landscape materials and garden center today's a good day take a ride they're open seven days a week 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown right off of route four well the latest developments um th- this is people are losing their mind at this point um it's thursday there was a shooting on tuesday in columbus ohio Maybe by now, I would think you've seen the tape. There was, the police were called. A girl called and said that they were stabbing people. They show up. There is someone with a knife outside. There's all these people outside. The girl has a knife. She's being told to stop. She's going to stab someone. And the police officer's warning her, warning her, takes out his gun, and he shoots her. And now you have NBA star LeBron James saying, oh, well, now we're going to get even. This officer, he's next. And all these other people now making arguments that if there's knives involved, that police should not be getting involved. And 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 this is a fast moving. At this point, they are just making things up. And the media, by the, by the way, is flaming things up on this whole thing by not fully showing that she was the one that called the police, that she was the one that had a knife. What is a reasonable police officer supposed to do? You get sent to a call. There's someone outside with a knife. They go, and there she is, right in broad daylight, big steak knife. She's attacking someone, stabbing someone. The person that was uh, that was almost stabbed even said, yeah, no, the police officer saved me. But she is being, you know, treated like a hero, and here we go again with the police. Let's listen. This is how it was presented this morning on um, Good Morning America. Derek Chauvin verdict was being announced and it played out very quickly. The officer arriving on the scene and opening fire within seconds and now a teenage girl is dead. Can I just stop it just for a moment? Notice he says you're like firing within seconds. That's how quick that situation had developed. As soon as he got there, she was in action. So even that's a notice, you know, immediately upon arriving on the scene was firing within seconds as opposed to what that's all it could take for then the officer was there and then do do anything and someone was stabbed and killed anguish and outrage in columbus ohio after 16 year old micaiah bryant was killed by officer nicholas reardon tuesday seconds after he responded to 911 calls of an attempted stabbing The altercation captured on Reardon's body camera. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey! Get down! Get down! Get down! Get down! The officer firing four shots at Bryant, seen in the black t-shirt and jeans, as she appears to lunge at the girl in pink with a knife. She had a knife. She just went at her. She's a kid, man! Another officer on the scene then performing CPR. Wake up, ma'am. Come on. Come on, stay with us. Come stay on. with us. Bryant later pronounced dead at the hospital. It's a tragedy. Regardless of the circumstances associated with this, a 16-year-old girl lost her life. An independent investigation now underway, in part to determine whether deadly force was justified. I cannot respond specifically to this, uh, this specific incident, but what I can say is when officers are faced with someone employing deadly force, 
deadly force can be the response the officer gives. Micaiah's family expressing shock and remembering a fun-loving kid. She was a big TikToker. Uh, she liked making videos. Uh, she was a troubled child in a foster home. Hair. Her mom, you can just see um, the love in her face. The mayor promising accountability. This is a failure on part of our community. Some are guilty, but all of us are responsible. BCI will determine if the officer involved was wrong. And if he was, we will hold him accountable. And the interim chief of police here in Columbus says in situations like these, an officer could use a taser if they have the space and the time. But if there's a deadly threat, they can use a gun. Officer Reardon is now on administrative leave as this independent investigation unfolds. You know, I'm not sure where this is supposed to go now. Um, folks, at this point, and how about the fact, I want to NBC News, they did not even, uh, they left out the part of the caller calling saying someone was trying to stab us. They didn't show the viewers the knife. So that just inflames people. So there was someone on uh, Twitter that he broke down. CBS News showed the important part of the 911 call. They also showed the video and zoomed in on the knife. ABC News did that. Now, there's a protest in Providence tonight in honor of this girl, where then once again they want to say, but a ABC also showed, well, they played the 911 call. And they stopped the video and highlighted the knife. That's accurately showing what happened. If you don't play the 911 call, if you don't show the knife, you're misleading the public. And then you lead them to believe that the police just showed up not knowing what was going on and then fired. And this whole business of her age and all these people screaming about her age. Well, but like, you know, you, you show up and she has a knife and you don't know how old this person is she's she's 16 years old she looks to be you know i don't know five eight five seven she's not like a little petite mouse she um you you when you're just arriving you you can't you don't know exactly what's going on but the people this is getting now it's ridiculous now you have lebron james encouraging people he's next we're going to have retribution. We're going to target and go after this police officer. Folks, that is not the solution. You know, it is sad, and it is true. She was 16 years old, and the little boy in Chicago was 13 years old, but he was in an alley with a gun, and she had a knife. So stop trying to meet these people like they're martyrs and heroes in some way. They, There needs to be more accountability, granted, with the parents, with their families. That girl also was in a uh in a group a family home i think or a foster home or a group home and then her mother looks like out of it and she's saying yeah i want more information well what do you mean you want more information why don't you like get control of your children the 13 the, and this is um you know and the same thing i'm looking at other headlines cincinnati police say a 13 year old girl has been charged in the murder and stabbing death of another 13-year-old girl. That's what they use. You know why they use knives? They use knives because they can get their hands on knives. Um, and some of the tweets, she was 16. She's only a kid. And then, of course, you have some, she's just a baby. LeBron James tweeting to the white cop, you're next with his picture. It, it is just absolutely embarrassing. What is wrong with these people? LeBron James, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. Well, they have to stop putting themselves in a situation where they're in a combative situation with police. Valerie Jarrett, who worked with the, the Obamas, just because an officer can use deadly force does not mean the officer should. Well, again, he arrives on the scene. She has a knife. And apparently in that area, there have already been different situations and stories of young teens murdering another. This has become the police. Let's face it, folks. The police can do no right with this crowd. When you put the like, no matter what they do, it's wrong. If they try to save someone, it's wrong. They saved a life is what they did. And instead, they're vilified. All right. A lot more ahead. This is the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. 
Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Softwash. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftwashing.com. Outside your home. Let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel Certified Soft Wash and Power Wash. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. With us, he is our legal analyst, Providence Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Chauvin verdict. Um, I have a lot of questions, but let's just begin. Um, a lot of people very surprised, Tim Dodd, that 10 hours of uh, the, the jury was deliberating and then guilty on all three counts. Take us through it. I was a little surprised about the. Uh, I thought. I wasn't sure so much about the second degree murder, the more significant charge. And I wasn't sure about the third degree murder only because of the uh, statutory provision that you had to have a depraved mind. Right. And, and I thought that, and I of course couldn't listen to everything that went on during the trial. I, I don't know if defense counsel hit on that saying there's no evidence of a depraved mind. I mean, that seems like trying to be an armchair psychologist to get into the head of Chauvin to determine whether or not he was quote unquote depraved at mm. the time of this incident. But at the same time, John, I guess it's not really surprising that this jury so quickly came to that determination. And there's so many facets to this. One thing, you know, as someone who handles the defense and is never a prosecutor, I always kind of look at these cases from the perspective of defense counsel and almost to the, from the perspective like, 
oh my God, how is this attorney ever going to win this case? Right. So it's almost like not the defendant because he's despicable, but the attorney is like in this underdog position. It's like, yep. can he pull this one out? Can he do it? And I think given what he had to deal with, he did a very commendable job, you know, trying to put on a case in the face of this nine and a half minute video, which is just grisly and which was shown to the jury over and over. They were pounded with it. And I believe defense counsel covered a lot of important bases uh, and protected the record um, for appellate purposes. Um, of course, the defense counsel got no traction with this judge in terms of all of many of the motions made. And getting back to why the jury came away so quickly uh, with guilty verdicts on the three counts, you have to wonder what would have happened if early on or before the trial started, uh, defense counsel's motion for a delay or a motion for change of venue yes. or a motion for a pretrial and complete trial sequestration would have affected the, the outcome. Mm. To, to review a few of the pertinent things that happened uh, during the course of this trial, right before the trial starts, there's a $27 million settlement between yep. uh, the city and the family of George Floyd. Now, that to me would suggest to a jury pool that this guy's guilty before the trial even starts, that he, yep. he or his... Um, police colleagues did something wrong. 27 mil is a mm. huge number for this type of case. Right. That should have resulted, I believe, in a delay. Mm. The next thing that happens in the middle of the trial with no sequestration of the jurors, the Dante Wright shooting right. happens 40 yeah. miles away. Yep. Move for a mistrial. Judge denies it. The next thing is, you know, there's the constant protests. There's the constant threats. You know, the jury says, no, judge, we won't read about this case. No, judge, we won't watch it on TV. But it's pretty hard to avoid this case unless yeah. you're just watching Nick at Night every night or cartoons. Right. It's very hard to avoid. This case uh, pervaded the popular culture, the news cycle, and everything in between. What else happens? There's protests constantly going on. Yep. There's threats. If we don't get the verdict we want, we're going to burn the city down, or we're going to, mm. you know, we're going to destroy things, or we're going to riot. Whatever you, the language is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, not quoting. Right now, does the jury get a sense? Oh boy, in my hands is the decision. Either a we're going to have peace and calm or we're going to have riots and chaos and mayhem. What happens next mm. before they get this case? One of the defense experts, um, they find it is the experts, former residents, a severed pig head covered yeah. with blood. Now what's that messaging? Well, you know what? If you do anything to help this defendant, we're coming after you. We know where you live. We're going to come back and get retribution against you. One wonders if that had any impact on this judge. Mm. I'm not suggesting it did. We can't know for sure. But if you're a juror, you must be sitting there thinking, what have I gotten myself into here? You right. know, if, if I um, vote to acquit and that information gets out, are they going to burn down my house? Are they going to threaten my family? Are they going to yeah. threaten me? Um, and the protesters have been quite vocal and not at all, you know, subtle about saying, if we don't get the verdict we want, there's going to be chaos in the streets. Yep. Now, this is a bad case of a bad cop who did a dreadful thing. Um, the media has tried to spin this, that this is um, representative of all cops. They're all animals and they're all out to kill black guys. And I just don't think that's reality. I think there's isolated cases which are provocative and the media loves to cover because it uh, forwards the narrative that I think they're predisposed to put out there. But 
if this devolves into cases where crowds of protesters intimidate jurors, intimidate lawyers, intimidate judges to not follow the rule of law and not be governed by the evidence that's put before you, but by this sense of if we don't rule the way the mob wants, right. the mob is going to raise hell. Yep. And if that's what this system devolves into, um, we're doomed. <laughs> we're frankly doomed because the rule of law in our criminal justice system and our jury system, quite frankly, is not perfect, as they say, but it's better than any other country's system. Sure. Tim, now, let me. I'd like to just go through some of the charges, though. How could he be found guilty of both second degree murder and manslaughter? Well, because at the time of sentencing, you're going to find that he's only going to really be sentenced on the second degree um, murder charge. The the except, let me not say except. You've got the second degree murder conviction. You've got the lesser charge of manslaughter. You've got the lesser charge of third degree. Those are, in a sense, lesser included offenses of the second degree murder charge. So all three of those are put in front of the jury because the jury could have said not guilty on second degree, not yep. guilty on manslaughter, guilty of third degree. Right. So the, the jury's given a menu to pick and choose which charges they find that the government sustained. He's not going to be sentenced. I give you 12 years on murder two. I give you another 10 years on manslaughter. And I give you another five years on the third degree. He's simply going to be sentenced on the lead charge that he was convicted of. Mm. So that's how it shakes out. He's not going to be sentenced on three different um, findings of guilt, if you will. But John, just going back a little bit more. I want to just sneak in a quick okay. break, and sure. then we will come pick it up right there. Folks, again, attorney Tim Dodd with us right here. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega truck and trailer repair call them today 508-336-2110 24-hour mobile service and also abs repairs brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 
272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd uh, about the Derek, our former officer, Derek Chauvin uh, verdict. Tim, you you were. I have a number of other questions, but go right ahead. You were about to make well, an important point. The list of things that could be seen as disruptive of what this jury heard and what would have affected their decision. At the end, astonishingly, Maxine Waters is out there telling people, "If you don't get the verdict you want, right? You you got to fight. You got to demonstrate. You got to raise hell." You've got President Biden before the juries come back saying what verdict he wanted in this thing. Now, the trial judge says something provocative to defense counsel. Defense counsel moves to pass the case, moves for a mistrial, saying what the what Congresswoman Waters has said is so provocative and so inflammatory um, and came out of the left field that it could influence the jury. The judge says, you know, you might have something there. It could be an issue on appeal. Right. And the judge, in a general way, chastises Maxine Waters for saying something so stupid um, at the end of this trial. The problem with that is whether you look to defense counsel or whether you look to the judge, I don't think an appellate court is going to do much with that. Because I don't think for appellate purposes, it was properly preserved. Okay. The the judge should have polled the jury. Hey, jurors, I'm polling each one of you. Have you heard this um, inflammatory comment by Maxine Waters? Does it have any effect on you? Now, if the jurors all say, I never heard it, whether they're telling the truth or whether they're lying, so be it. If they say, yes, I heard it, but it won't influence me. Maybe it's true. Maybe they're lying. If one of the jurors says, yeah, I heard it and I, I'm disturbed by it because I think if I vote not guilty, you know, my family's going to be in jeopardy and I don't want to be responsible for the city being burned down. The judge never polled the jury. No. So I don't think it's properly preserved. Appellate courts don't like to go in there and say, well, we have no evidence right. that the jury was influenced. So without the evidence, we're not going to speculate and we're not going to flip this case on speculation. Mm. And I'm not really sure, John, if defense counsel demanded that the court or not demand, you can't really demand, but made a motion that the jury be polled on that topic. Um, I'm not sure he did that. And if he didn't, I'm sure the um, appellate court will dodge the bullet by saying defense counsel didn't protect that issue. So tough. Tim Dodd, what about, you know, what it's an interesting during the trial, Tim, when I was telling you that a reporter was saying inside that when the defense started, it already seemed the jurors were nodding off with the 10 hours of deliberation. It, it, I, it did, could we it looks like we could conclude that possibly after the prosecution rested. Tim, we may find it's almost like the jury checked out and they weren't even absorbing what the defense was putting out there. I know they're supposed to, but I, I think that. Um, supposition is correct. I think yeah. that the jury was bludgeoned with that video over and over and over and over. Yep. And um, I think that by the time the defense got their shot, the jury had checked out. They had seen enough. They had heard enough. I don't think their minds were really open to hearing a, a counter position. Um, I also think that although defense counsel did a a very good job with a very difficult hand to play, really difficult. Yeah. The prosecutors, I think did a very good job, especially in their clothes because they brought to, to the forefront, very compelling arguments. And the one that really resonated with me was watch the video. This guy Chauvin, it was all ego. It was all ego. It was all arrogance on his part. The crowd's yelling at him to stop. And he looked at the crowd in defiance as if to say, you know, to heck with you. Yeah. Or words to that effect. To heck with you. 
you watch me. I'm in charge. I'm doing what I want to do, and you're not going to stop me. And I think that arrogance and that ego and just his body language, his facial expressions, his demeanor um, showed that this was something he was doing intentionally um, in a manner which was easily and evidently clear that it was too much for too long. Tim Dodd, and, even as bystanders were screaming for him to get off him, and you even have a younger, because he was the senior officer there, younger cop saying, should we put him on his side? Like, they could hear the crowd. And Chauvin said, no, let's just stand put, stand pat. Let's just keep it the way it is. Now, Tim Dodd, and again, folks, we're speaking with the Chauvin verdict. Chauvin verdict. Um, Different people are saying, oh, no, no, you don't put the defendant on the stand. After watching that, he he really he didn't really say anything as he was kneeling there on top of George Floyd. Now he gets into court. The only time they hear from him was when he says, I want to exercise my my Fifth Amendment right. I'm not going to testify. Tim Dodd, I, I just what 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 at this point, what could have been lost by him not taking the stand and at least with defense attorney? Eric Nelson saying, no, I, I thought the ambulance would get there. I didn't mean for that to happen. I feel terrible about it. I, I just don't understand. when Maybe they underestimated, but at this point, wouldn't you have at least tried to get your client to take the stand? That's always the most difficult right. decision. That's the gut check of all gut checks. One thing I would mention is when Chauvin, in response to the judge's question, says, I choose not to testify. I choose to uh, invoke my Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. That's said to the court to cover the record, but it's done outside the presence of the jury. So the jury doesn't hear him say those words. So they never heard him talk then. Well, unless they're reading the newspaper or watching TV. And then... If they are watching TV or reading the newspaper, things they couldn't do if they were sequestered. The fact that somebody says, I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment privilege against self incrimination, the jury's going to think if they're watching that, oh, he's guilty. He doesn't want to testify. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and that was tremendously reported in the media constantly. He pled the Fifth. He said he wasn't going to testify, Fifth Amendment privilege, blah, blah, blah. If he testified, to your point, he would be up there saying, I had no intention of this guy dying. Right. I, I, I can't believe what's happened. Yep. I can't believe that at the end of it, I expected him to be put in the stretcher, taken to the hospital. I didn't think that what I was doing was um, lethal. I was following my training. This is how they told me to do it. If they had told me at the academy to do it differently, I would have never done this. The problem with that is, will the jury be sympathetic? Would it be heartfelt? Would it be um, an emotionally delivered mea culpa? I didn't mean to do this. I had no intention to do this. I didn't think what I was doing was lethal or anything close. But now on cross-examination, He's going to get creamed on cross-examination because they're going to show they're going to show yeah. him that video, and they're going to take him literally frame by frame, frame by frame. What were you mm-hmm. doing here? What were you thinking there? What was the resistance here? And for that last four minutes, what was he doing to resist? What was he doing to resist for four and a half minutes? And the answer is going to be nothing, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And I think that that would have crushed him. I think that, and I think he had, even at the time of um, the jury reading its verdict, his demeanor was, um, I don't want to say defiant, but it wasn't contrite. You know, one wonders if the prosecutors could have gotten under his skin and gotten him a little ticked off on the stand. And if he showed any anger or any... um, flippancy or any disrespect for those prosecutors um because cops don't like to be cross-examined um he could have really turned off the jury so he'll be in prison for a long time thinking should i have taken the stand yeah but tim dodd um but you have seen cases where maybe the thing was going south 
But then when the defendant took the stand, he actually kind of saved himself or her. That's that's true, but it's a huge gamble. I mean, okay. in this case, if 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 he's watching the jury check out and tune out and not pay attention and fall asleep, I mean, him getting he's thinking, oh my god, I'm going to be toast here. Right. I mean, that might have been the hail mary that he should have thrown and mm. gotten up there and saying, I can't make things any worse than they are right now. Exactly. Yeah. On Tim, unless Tim Dodd, is it possible? It just isn't in him. I mean, you deal with defendants. Maybe sometimes there are some people, they it's just, it's not in their ability that they could go through and testify effectively. And I think that might be this guy. I mean, okay. I think that he had, you know, an arrogance and an attitude of, you're not going to challenge me. You're not going to tell me what to do. Um, you've got to either be truly contrite and remorseful and apologetic saying, I never meant for this to happen. Yeah. Um, Terrible. Terrible. Convincingly. Yeah. And if you yeah. don't do it convincingly, if you do it coldly or stoically or unemotionally, you could dig the hole even deeper. It's yeah. a tough, tough if choice. If it's possible. I don't know. It is. All right, folks, quick break. A lot more. Attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning you know many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down the licensed arborists with yankee tree service they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. We're speaking with our legal expert. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, the prosecution, again, folks, we're talking about the the Derek Chauvin verdict. They, They did put on a good case. By the way, we have the other three officers are next up. So the crowds are not going anywhere. The drama is not going anywhere. A lot of the protesters saying they want all four found guilty of the other police on the scene. But something that I thought was um, interesting, Tim Dodd, and that was the young girl that filmed. And then she said on the stand, 
you know, when she saw George Floyd lying there, she thought that could be my father, that could be my brother, that could be my uncle. She, you know, it, things have changed. She didn't see him as a dangerous drug addict criminal, as some people might say, or in the past they would have. I, I, it, it would just seem that the prosecution, by and large, those bystanders were just obviously the video, but the people there to back it up. Um, they, they, the, the, that was a very, very powerful case that the prosecutors put on. Yes, and every state has different rules of evidence. And I think that Minnesota is one of the more liberal states, allowing witnesses to get up there and speak about um, the character and the life of the uh, victim of the alleged crime. Yes, that was unusual. Well, yes, because to have people up on the stand saying, I lay in bed at night and I apologize to George Floyd for not doing right. more to help him. That would not get into evidence in most jurisdictions. Hmm. The whole backstory of how much he loved his mother and all that um, testimony to um, give life and character and emotion to George Floyd what the prosecutors did was very smart, very tactical, but myself listening to it, it's, I, well, I kept thinking, how's this stuff getting into evidence? Yeah, but, how is that not even hearsay? But when I looked a little deeper into it, the rules of evidence in um, Minnesota in a case of this type allows a lot of leeway to give life and character to the victim. But, I mean, that was brutal testimony if you're on the defense side to listen to because it really did humanize um george floyd and it didn't make him just the violent you know drug addict it it humanized him yeah. and i think that was very tough for the defense to overcome tim dodd uh, would we be fair to say um the judge is not going to give him any uh leniency here the sentencing is not for another two months but um uh, maybe even upward departure, it, it, it would seem he's going to do some real time. Well, I think that the political climate will unfortunately influence what the judge does here. Yeah, I mean, the judge is not sequestered. He's reading the papers. He's right. looking at the headlines. And I think there's going to be a hue and cry for this guy to be made an example of and to really get whacked at the penalty phase. So instead of getting 12 to 15 years, he's probably going to get 15, 18 years or something in that area. Um, anytime there's a conviction like this, there's um, many things that occur that influence sentencing. Um, he could get letters of support from the community. He could get letters saying whack them hard from other segments of the community. Family members for George Floyd can say whack them. Family members for Chauvin can say what a wonderful guy he is. There's also going to be a pre-sentence report that's done by the probation department, and they make recommendations. You know, what's this guy's past like? What's his community involvement? What's his family like? Has he had any previous contacts with the law? What's his record? You know, many things go into it. So my understanding is in the state of Minnesota, although the potential sentence is 40 years, he's not going to get 40 years. Uh, mm -hmm. That would not be appropriate. The media loves to crow about how he could catch 40 years. But my understanding is by sentencing guidelines standards in Minnesota, it should be 12 to 15 I think the judge will depart upwardly from that and whack this guy to make an example of him, especially because of the political climate. But if this was an anonymous case that didn't get any media coverage, um, there, I don't think there would be an upward departure. But I think, yeah. it's, I think the judge is going to uh, capitulate to, again, the mob and do what right. the mob and the media are looking for here. Yes. Because he doesn't want his house to be firebombed no, and his no. family to be threatened. The message is loud and clear. Not for this guy. No way. Not for well, this guy. It's, it's loud and clear. If you don't do what we want as yes. the mob, we're going to get retribution against you, and we know where you live. And if that becomes our standard of criminal justice, 
um, we're in serious, serious, serious trouble. And hey, I don't Tim think Dodd, this judge is going to put his neck out there or his family's um, for what? safety no for way. what? Yeah. Tim, and also the appeal process, would that be, uh, how long uh, w- would that take? And um, I, I, I just find a lot of people hear that or say that, but it's, it's a really long, hard hill to try to climb to get a case flipped, let, let alone something like this. Who wants to then be the panel that flips it into, you know, saying he's going to be tried all over again? Yeah, I mean, the, typically an appeal between briefing it, submitting your briefs to the um, reviewing court, having oral arguments and getting a written decision, let's say 18 to 24 months is probably reasonable. It may be a little quicker in Minnesota, but if it was in Rhode Island, 18 to 24 months for sure. Um, I don't think this case is going to get flipped. But again, we keep saying that, you know, who wants to be the one making the decision for a new trial or anything like that? We can't have the criminal justice system. I understand. I know you're right. It's awful. At the same time, it is. I agree. But um, it's just the way the jury jury deliberated. They got the case Monday afternoon. They apparently stayed late Monday night. And then Tuesday, boom, that's it. We're done. Um, It just sounds as though just roll it right through. In our remaining moments, uh, this should be an interesting trial. But I do would, if you don't mind, I'd like you to touch on finally after this big delay. But the mayor of Fall River is only in office for four years. But he is um, finally now uh, the corruption trial for the, the mayor of Fall River has begun. This is going to be, I think, if it really if he doesn't have an epiphany and take a plea deal and this actually gets teed up and put in front of a jury. It's going to be very interesting. Um, as everyone will recall, Jaziel Korea was one of the youngest mayors in the country. Um, he came across like a wealthy, smart, sophisticated guy. He would crow about, you know, his money-making abilities and successful apps that he had developed Well, come to find out, uh, one of his apps, um, he got a lot of money from investors. The app was a dud. It didn't do anything, you know, that was useful for people. But he raised three or four hundred thousand dollars and spent a large chunk of it on getting himself um, high end suits, going to high end restaurants and hotels, um, dating services, going to um, adult entertainment facilities, and spending the money on himself, buying himself a Mercedes-Benz, things of this nature. He then gets charged on a separate, unrelated matter um, for allegedly shaking down individuals or companies trying to get marijuana licenses. And apparently he was extorting money from these applicants in order to get their application for marijuana distribution um, approved. Now, his chief of staff has already pled guilty and is presumably going to testify against him. Chief of staff also, I believe, is going to testify that to get her job, she had to agree to kick back half of her salary to the mayor. Um, So he's got a lineup of witnesses who are going to come out there and testify against him. Now, anytime somebody pleads guilty and then becomes a cooperating witness, defense counsel has to suggest that they flipped and they're lying to protect themselves and to lessen their um, uh, potential exposure for spending time in jail. Jaziel, the mayor Um, did something, I think, rather foolish. After he got charged the first time, he didn't keep his mouth shut like you're supposed to. He had a press conference and answered questions and had, like, charts and graphs about why he was innocent. Um, I don't think he had a lawyer at that time because the lawyer would have been telling him to shut the heck up. In fact, after Jaziel gets charged the first time, at this press conference, he says, if I'm doing something wrong, come and get me. Go ahead and do it. But I didn't do anything wrong. Now, when I read that, all I could think of was Gary Hart, who challenged the press to follow him around. And within months, his presidential campaign, which he was way ahead in like the before the convention, 
imploded because when he was challenged the media to come follow him around, they did so and they found him canoodling with Donna Rice. And, you know, it was a different day, a different time, but his campaign collapsed never to recover. This guy challenged everyone to check him out and follow him and see if he was doing something wrong. And he wound up with not one, but two federal criminal indictments. Um, He's going to say, presumably, I didn't get any of the money. My underlings were shaking down these applicants and they were getting money, but none of it was getting kicked upstairs to me. And I didn't know what was going on. Very much in line with what happened during the Cianci trial. Cianci's underlings were allegedly taking kickbacks and bribes. Uh, The underlings, those who were cooperating, would suggest that the money was getting kicked upstairs to the mayor. Mayor's like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't get any money. No one told me about it. I was out of the loop. So it's going to be much, not exactly the same, but a lot of similar elements to what we saw during the Buddy Cianci trial. Folks, he is our uh, legal expert. He is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe, and we will talk to you again. You too, John. Take care. It's spring and time to call J. Cannell Engineering today at 401-351-7600. J. Cannell Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J. Cannell Engineering today, 401 401- 351-7600. Remember, with JKL, estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, JKL, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call JKL Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. For 54 years, JKL's reputation, second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. JKL, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call JKL Engineering today. For light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 401- 351-7600-401-351-7600. It's JKL Engineering. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 401- 6880517 401-6880517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway. 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven, and remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven.